welcome to The Last Trump, a radio show on end times prophecy. We encourage you to get your Bibles out and go to the scriptures with us as we look at the biblical truths found within the Bible that are pointing us to the soon coming of Jesus Christ. And now, live from the Revolution Studios on Grand Island, New York, here's your host, Mike Chory. Well, welcome tonight to The Last Trump, and this is your host, Mike Chory of Joshua Revolution, and we are so glad to have you aboard tonight. And of course, each and every Saturday night, we attempt to bring out the Word of God to you in terms of the Bible's soon predicted event of all events, and that is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything, as we study in Bible prophecy, centers around that event. And tonight, we're going to be in the 16th chapter of the book of Revelation. We've been studying it for many months, and we have taken a break for a a few weeks, and uh, sometimes we get interrupted by world events like we did with what happened back on October 7th and continue to pray for the nation of Israel. They are still in a full-out war, friend, and they are in there rooting out the Hamas terrorists. And it is very, very, very dangerous, and we must continue to pray for the strength of the Israeli military, as we have done on previous broadcasts, to bring out to you the Word of God as it pertains to Israel, the Promised Land, and this conflict between good and evil, or the gods of, of, of the idols that are out there that do not believe in Jehovah God, the God of the Bible. And that's really what that war is all about. And really, that's what it's all about around the world. And there is an Antichrist that is getting ready to appear. And he's going to be a deceiver like the world has never seen a deceiver. And he's coming, and he's coming very soon. But before he comes, the church will be taken, will be raptured. And the Lord gave us the signs that are found in Matthew 24 and Luke chapter 21, Mark chapter 13, and here in the book of Revelation. And so we're seeing more and more of these signs, these birth pangs, if you will, that are showing us that it's soon. And just recently we, and I don't know if you've seen it in the news, the earthquakes that have happened in Iceland in a place called Lagoon, Iceland. Uh, They've had over a thousand earthquakes within just a few days. Think about that. The land is literally shaking in Iceland. And now there is volcano activity there. They are expecting a big volcano eruption. And we are recording this a few days before you're hearing it tonight uh, on Saturday night. It may have already occurred by the time you listen to this broadcast. And Jesus said one of the signs of his soon coming would be earthquakes in diver places. What that means is many earthquakes happening around the world. But when you think of over 1,000 earthquakes in Iceland, that is a lot of shaking. And God is trying to get the attention of the world. And what happens is people don't connect the dots. People don't want to connect the dots. 
that area of the world, that town in Iceland, Lagoon, is very, very, how do I say it, user-friendly for the LGBTQ uh, audience. And it has one of the largest gay parades in the world. Do you realize that? You say, Pastor Mike, do you think that's a judgment? I think there is a law of sowing and reaping. It's found in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, that God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, this he shall also reap. If man does not repent, change his mind about sin, about the way he's living, and turn to Jesus Christ, judgment will eventually come. I I heard the other day that the Texas Rangers, who won the World Series— the, the number one team in baseball. They were the only team in the MLB this year that did not have a gay night. And they haven't done it for the last several years. The only team that will not celebrate that in their stadium and they win the World Series. See, God's trying to show you. He's trying to show me. He's trying to show the world. He blesses righteousness. He blesses when you do the right thing, but he also judges sin. And you may not like to hear that. That may anger you, but don't get mad at me. Get mad at God. It's his book. It's what he has said. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, this he shall also reap. I remember when I wasn't living for God, that things were just falling apart in my life. I I, I told someone this week, You know, six months before I got saved, I could not do anything right. I couldn't win a poker game. I couldn't win a pool game. I mean, every, you know, we used to gamble on on the NFL. Every bet I I posted or, or, or did failed. And there were many other things that were happening in my life that was just everything I did was turning out bad. And what I didn't know was... God was calling me to himself. You know, sometimes you need to go through the gutter in order to look up. Man is so stubborn and so prideful. He thinks he's going to make it without the Lord. And the Lord will allow you to go through the storms, the trials, the tribulations. He will allow you to fail and fail miserably. And he's doing it not because to get back at you. He's trying to get you back. He loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And when you try to live this life by yourself without him, he, he, he's grieved. The Bible said he's a jealous God. And, and there's a scripture in Matthew chapter 6 that says that blessed is he. Or, or let me get it right. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Jesus said that. What was he saying? Don't seek the things of this world, what you will eat, what you will wear, what you will do above God. Put God first. Seek Jesus first. Make a priority. I'm going to church. I don't care if the whole world is going to go to the Bills game or go down into the park and, and watch people play baseball or whatever. I'm going to church. 
You know, Joshua said a long time ago, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I told our children a long time ago, we're going to church. We're not compromising. And by the way, we're going to a spirit-filled church, a church that preaches the cross, a church that preaches Jesus heals, a church that preaches Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit, and a church that preaches Jesus is coming again in a pre-tribulation rapture. And I'm not going to compromise. Listen, if you're up in Canada tonight, I know there's a lot of liberal teaching and there's a lot of preachers that aren't preaching the rapture. They're not preaching on the book of Revelation. They're not talking about Israel. They don't lay hands on the sick and pray for them to recover. They don't lay hands and pray for people to be filled with the spirit. They don't preach the cross. They don't preach the sin nature. But yet you sit in those churches and you give to that and you're not going to grow and you're grieving the Lord. The teaching and preaching is grieving the Lord. Just this week, we dealt with reformed theology that teaches things such as limited atonement, once saved, always saved. Friend, let me just tell you right now, God sent his son, Jesus, and he died for the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God is not willing that any should perish, but all would come to repentance, 2 Peter 3, 9. 1 Timothy 2, 4, he desires all men to be saved. And so God does not send you to hell. Your sin and your rejection of Jesus Christ is what sends you there. But God doesn't want you to perish. And to say once saved, always saved, listen, Read Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. Read Revelation 2 and 3. He who overcomes to the end. He can, your name can be blotted out of the book of life. If that wasn't true, God wouldn't have said that he won't blot your name out of the book if you overcome to the end. And so we must understand there is a lot of teaching out there that waters this Bible down. And... We must come back to the word. We must stick with the scriptures. And one of the things the Bible says is the first sign that Jesus gave about the end times was deception. There's going to be great deception. And people are going to believe things and trust in things that there's no chapter and verse in the Bible for. So tonight here... On the last trump, we want you to be ready for the coming of the Lord, and we want you to be of sound doctrine. And tonight, we're going to go to the 16th chapter in the book of Revelation, and this is a very tough chapter. Let me just say that. This chapter is the most devastating of all chapters in the book of Revelation. We have now reached the bold judgments. There are 21 judgments in the seven years of the tribulation. Seven seal judgments, seven trumpet judgments, and now we're looking at the seven vials judgments, or the, what a vial is a bowl. 
and every judgment gets increasingly worse. The, the great tribulation is going to get really bad in the end. And it, it, in these seven bold judgments, it, it, it's going to show us how fast and how swift the final judgment is going to be in this world. And just like a woman that's in labor and she's going through birth pangs, the closer the contractions come, the closer we are going to have a baby. And that's how it is right now. We are seeing these birth pangs. We are seeing the calamities, the wars, the rumors of wars, the pestilence, the earthquakes, now the volcanoes. We're seeing uh, just traumatic things all over the world. And it's because Jesus is coming. And the as I said, these birth pangs, these uh, these. These labor pains, if you will, are getting closer and closer together. Now, these seven bold judgments, the first bold judgment, let me just lay them out in an outline. They are grievous sores that will come upon men which have taken the mark of the beast. What is the mark of the beast? The number of the Antichrist, 666. And those that take that number, are going to open themselves up to be judged with grievous sores. The second vile judgment, the sea is going to be completely contaminated, turned to blood. Now, this could be localized in the Mediterranean Sea, or it could be wider spread. I don't know. There's two teachings on that. But understand, that's the second bowl. The sea is completely contaminated turned into blood. And and here's what the Lord's trying to say to the world. You've rejected the blood of my son for the atonement of your sin. And now I'm going to show you blood. And it's the whole sea is going to become red. The third bowl judgment, the rivers and water systems are going to be turned to blood. Think about it. If if the if the water system is contaminated you, you're in big trouble. We see this even in Gaza where there was, up to a few days ago, they were running out of water. People were dehydrating. You can't go but three days without water. And then the fourth judgment, the sun is going to become so hot on the earth that it's going to scorch men. Haven't we already begun to see that? We're breaking record temperatures this summer. I saw out there in Arizona a hundred and 1,415 degrees and other places all over the planet. It's all over the world. There is these breaking these heat records, temperatures breaking all-time records. And then the fifth bold judgment, darkness is going to cover the land of the beast, just like it was in the days of Pharaoh when God turned out the lights there. And then the sixth bold judgment, the river Euphrates will dry up completely. Do you know they're telling me right now that the, the river Euphrates, you can go online and see this, has already begun to dry up. I think it could be something like 50% has dried up and it's going to be all dried up. And this is signaling the preparation for the battle of Armageddon because Satan's armies, the armies of the Antichrist are going to walk 
through that dried up riverbed. And then the seventh bowl judgment will be a great worldwide earthquake. Revelation chapter 16 is our text tonight. I want to start out with the first two verses. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial or bowl upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshiped his image. So here in chapter 16, this is what I would call the great chapter, the great chapter of wrath. And here in the first verse, we see this word great. I heard a great voice. God's voice is that great voice. He is the one that is behind all of these judgments. And why? Because a world has rejected him and rejected his son days without numbers. The word great in this 16th chapter is going to be used six is going to be used 11 different times. That's why I call it the great chapter. But here in verse 1 again, the great voice saying to the seven angels, God's number 7, the per, number of perfection, go your ways and pour out the bowls of the wrath of, upon the upon the earth, the wrath of God. And you say God has wrath, oh yes, friend, and he is storing it up, and it's coming very soon that he's going to pour out his anger upon this world. And these plagues will be poured out on the kingdom of the Antichrist and those that have taken the mark, those that are worshiping the beast. Now in verse 3, we come to the second bowl. The first bowl, again, is that noisian, that sore, grievous sore that's going to come upon the men. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly what that is, but it is definitely going to be an infection of some kind that they're going to be plagued with. Verse 3, and the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man. And every living soul, get this, died in the sea. And if this is only the Mediterranean Sea in the Middle East, right there, right in the midst of those Middle Eastern countries, everything will die in that sea. Every fish or every man, anything that goes in those waters. And it's going to be devastating what's going to happen when God turns that sea into blood. All the waterways of the beast are poisoned and literally become blood. This this is God's way of saying, you've rejected the blood of my son, but now, and you have shed the blood of men. I mean, think of the bloodshed. It's almost like God saying, you want blood, here it is. I'm going to make the whole sea full of it. And then we come to the fourth verse, and it says, And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers, 
and the fountains of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, You are righteous, O Lord, which are and was and shall be, because you have judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. There it is. For they are worthy. Exactly what I was saying. They have shed the blood of Christians and prophets during the tribulation. And God's saying, okay, I'm going to give you now blood to drink. For you are worthy of this judgment. And verse 7, I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Friend, God is a God of love, but he's also a God of judgment. Aren't we seeing these terrible things all over the world happening right now? And it's time to bow your knees and say, God, forgive me of my sin. I don't want to be judged. I want to be forgiven. I read a story this week of a professional soccer player. It was a woman soccer player. And I, she supposedly has had a great career. And she had played in this soccer league internationally for some time. And she was now retiring and playing in her last game. And there was a lot of fans came to see this superstar, if you will, this woman that's had this great career. And forgive me, I I cannot remember her name. And I know many of you listening probably are saying it right now. But she, as I said, was in her last game. And many had come to see this girl finish her career. And three minutes into the game, she blew out her Achilles heel. And they had to walk her off the field. And she was not allowed to play in this last game. And I read an article where she said how she didn't believe in God, that if there was a God, he would have never allowed that to happen. And let me say this, when I heard it, immediately I thought, what, Lord, what are you trying to show this woman? What, what trial, what reason has this come? Is it because she's not living right and you're trying to get her attention? I want to say this tonight. Everything that you go through that is traumatic, that is a part of just life in general, God's trying to get your attention to show you that he is real and he wants to heal you. He wants to forgive you. He wants you to make him Lord. And this soccer player took it in the wrong way. She took it as though if there was a God, he's cruel and he's not a loving God. But yet the judgment of God, again, friend, is trying to get the world to repent and come to him. But what we're seeing here in Revelation 16, they won't. They continue, no matter what they go through, the the, the sea turning to blood, the the contaminated waters, the boils on their skin, everything that God's pouring out, they still will not turn to him. And the voice of the martyrs, look what it says in verse 7. I heard another out of the altar. This is the voices of the martyrs who had been killed, beheaded during the tribulation. From the altar are crying out for vengeance, and vengeance is being served. And that vengeance is righteous, friend. 
you and I deserve judgment without Christ. And sin must be judged. And if you receive the Lord tonight, you can escape that judgment. You can escape being here on the earth for the great tribulation. And verse 8 says, And the fourth angel poured out a vial upon the sun, and the power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. I mean, if the boils weren't enough, if the waters being contaminated weren't enough, will the heat from the sun that will become so unbearable in the regions of the world where the Antichrist is in the Middle East? And, and really, it could be worldwide. I don't know. There's differences of opinion on that. Some, and some believe that the temperature could reach 140 to 150 degrees. Almost unbearable. Verse 9. And men were scorched with great heat. And did they repent? No. Look at what the Bible says in verse 9. They blasphemed the name of God, which has power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. That soccer player the other day, she didn't repent. She got more angry and she started to say there's no God because no God would allow this. She has a total, a total misconception of what the Bible tells us about the Lord. And so here we see in the great tribulation that the people in the Middle East will know, and people, as I said, it it could be worldwide. They will know that the Lord is doing this, and yet they will continue to blaspheme his name. No fear of God. They will not repent. How How hard is the heart of man? How deep does his pride go? I mean, in the midst of it all, this stubbornness of man continues to disobey God and and blaspheme his name. Let me say this. We get what we deserve. And when we get salvation, we don't deserve salvation. But because of our faith in Jesus Christ, he gives us by his grace salvation and we escape the judgment of God. That's called mercy. In verse 10, it says here, and the fifth angel poured out his bowl upon the seat of the beast and his kingdom was full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues for pain. Now this is isolated right in the Middle East in those countries, those nations that have taken the mark of the beast that are following the Antichrist. The darkness is going to be, I believe, literal, but it will also be spiritual. In this area of the world that will be affected, it it, it could be including Jerusalem. Because remember, the Antichrist is going to move his headquarters to Jerusalem at the midpoint of the Great Tribulation. So there is going to be pain from the boils. There's going to be heat from the sun. And there is going to be darkness to where you can't even see the hand in front of your face. Verse 11 says, And blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and repented not of their deeds. This presents how stubborn mankind is. 
man would rather continue in the pain than repent of his sins. And when I say repent of his sins, I'm not talking about stopping sin. You can't stop sinning. I'm talking about not wanting to sin, not wanting to live against God and away from God. That's repentance when you say, Lord, I need you. I need you. This isn't working. My life is a mess. I've destroyed it on drugs, alcohol, rebellion. Come into my heart. Come into my life and change it. But yet, the pride of man won't allow it. The, man, the, the sinful man continues to go in his own direction. And this is the fate of so many in the world today. God has warned us in his word not to take the mark of the beast. But these here in chapter 16, they would not listen. And now through their worship of the Antichrist, they're being judged. I'm reading Revelation 16 verse 12. And the sixth angel poured out his bowl upon the great river Euphrates and the waters thereof were dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And what this judgment is basically doing, God evaporates this great river called Euphrates to be a basically a land, a ground that is dried up so that the nations that are coming with the Antichrist can make their way from the east to Jerusalem. And so we're going to see countries that are going to bring their tanks, they're going to bring their soldiers, and they're going to join with the Antichrist. And this river Euphrates is not going to be a barrier because it's going to be dried up. And when we were in Israel recently, we've learned, and you can, again, go on the internet and see this, that the, the river has been drying up for several years. And it, it now, the last I heard, I thought, don't quote me on this, but it was like something like 40 or 50%. But in Revelation 16, it's going to be completely dried up. And you know what? This river is so significant because it's believed in the Bible that right in this vicinity of the world once stood the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve sinned and, 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 and they disobeyed God and they fell from his grace and sin entered the world. And from that place, God's going to dry up the river and the nations are going to come right through that riverbed. And it says in verse 13, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, which is speaking of, it's speaking of the Antichrist and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of of the false prophet. Only John saw or will see those demon spirits that are there to assist the Antichrist. And there is only one power that affects those demon spirits. And friend, it's the name of Jesus Christ. If you have Jesus, you have no fear over demon spirits. The Bible says that if God is living in you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But these unclean spirits, and it's interesting like frogs, that, that they, are, they are coming out of the mouth of the dragon. So 
we we see that Satan is producing these, and they're they're coming out, and and in this verse we see the unholy Trinity, the dragon, speaking of Satan, the mouth of the beast speaking of the Antichrist, and the false prophet. Satan always tries to mimic God. And God is a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But in this sixth or in thirteenth verse, you're seeing the unholy Trinity, the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. And these are going to be helped by nations that are going to link up with the Antichrist to come against the Jewish people and to invade Jerusalem in the last days. Verse 14, for they are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. This is showing us right here in this passage that the time of the end, at this moment in human history, It's wrapping up. And these are the last plagues, and it's leading towards the last great battle, good against evil. And notice that the demon spirits, they perform miracles, which that right there is telling you of the deception that's going to be on the earth. Because when these demon spirits are producing miracles for the Antichrist, people are going to believe and trust in the Antichrist. Let me say this. You don't follow miracles. You follow the, the Lord. You follow the word of God. Anybody can hype it up and the devil can assist them to where profound things are being seen. But if it doesn't line up with the word, word of God, friend, don't follow it. Don't listen to it. Verse 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So we see in this verse, because of the rule of the Antichrist, very few will be expecting Jesus Christ to return. But he's going to return and he's going to come suddenly and unexpectedly to the world. Now, I'm not talking about the rapture. The rapture has already taken place. This is speaking of the second coming. But there's going to be few who are going to be looking for his return. There's going to be few who have not defiled themselves. Many that will come to Christ during the tribulation are going to be martyred. They're going to be killed for their faith. Satan is going to do everything he can to wipe out Christianity and wipe out the Jewish people. And you have to understand tonight, when you do not have Christ in your heart, when you're not following Jesus, you are literally under the defilement. You, are, you have defiled yourself. And if you are not under the blood tonight, You are found, literally, spiritually speaking, naked to the judgment of God. And you will suffer the consequence of your sin. But tonight you can be clothed in righteousness. You can come to Jesus tonight and you can escape the wrath of God. That is why that this book of Revelation is so important 
for the church to understand. It's so important that the pastor preaches this message as a part of what he teaches his his congregation. Now, let me hurry. Verse 16, and he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. Now, this refers to a literal place where this literal battle will be fought. And where this battle is going to be fought is in the the Mount of Megiddo that overlooks the plain of Megiddo. And we were there just a few weeks ago. I actually taught from this valley. It's a vast area of land. And the Bible is prophesying that the 10 nations that will hook up with the Antichrist, they're going to come across this valley. There's going to be battles on that in that valley. But where are they going? They're rushing to the valley of Jehoshaphat. They're going to Jerusalem. And they're going to try to wipe out the remaining Jews that have gathered there. This is the last great battle. Friend, everything that we're seeing today is lining up and it is gearing up for this battle of Armageddon. What you're seeing today in Gaza and you're seeing these other nations that are starting to oppose Israel, like nations like Turkey. Nations like Saudi Arabia, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, Iran, Russia, China. These countries, they're opposing God and opposing God's people. They're they're getting stronger against the Jews. Anti-Semitism is raging across the world. And you know what the Jews are doing right now? They're leaving countries. They're leaving Europe. They're leaving even the United States to go to Israel to fight in the war or to just go back home and live there because the anti-Semitism is so great in these places. And God is no doubt using this all to fulfill Bible prophecy. They are coming home. The Jews are coming home, but they're going to face great trials and tribulations from the Antichrist, and it's all going to lead to this moment that we're reading right here. Now, in verse 17, it says, And the seventh angel, this is the last bowl, poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. It is finished. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings. And there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts. This is speaking of Jerusalem. And the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Now, I said to you earlier in this broadcast that Iceland has experienced over a thousand earthquakes. The earth is coming apart there. And there's the risk of great volcanic, great volcanic action. But this earthquake that we're talking about here is going to be a hundred times greater. 
it's going to cause such such a separation in the topography of of Israel of Jerusalem. I mean, it says here that the city Jerusalem, the great city, was divided into three parts, and the nations and the cities of the nations fell. And again, this refers to the Middle East, but it could also represent and, and mean for Europe as well. And this is going to cause great destruction. And the Bible, the Bible is saying in that day when that when that earthquake in the seventh bowl is poured out, this is the last judgment. This is the final one. This earthquake that's going to be really, and it could be worldwide, at the end, God's saying, it is done. He shouts it. The voice shouts it. Remember from the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. And now here in chapter 16, it is done right from the throne. And again, the voices in verse 18 and 19, there were voices and thunders and lightning. Jerusalem's going to be divided into three parts. This is going to be a devastating earthquake with entire cities in the Middle East. They're going to fall completely. Think about it, friend. But the main part of this earthquake is going to be centered on ancient Babylon, which today is modern-day Iraq, and it will totally destroy it. Where Iraq sits today was ancient Babylon where was the first rebellion ever against God found in Genesis 11 in the, in the city of Babel. And God is going to judge that area of the world in this seven last bowl. And the last two verses as we come to a close tonight, verse 20, and every island fled away and the mountains were not found. So this just shows you how big of magnitude of this earthquake is going to be. It's going to be devastating to the world. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail. For the plague there was of exceeding great. And there's the 11th time that the word great is used in this chapter. It's believed here that the hail is going to be about 100 pounds each. It'll be, I mean, if that hail weighed that much, it would be like small bombs raining out of the sky. And the people will know that it is God who is sending the hail, and they still will not repent of their sin. This is what's coming to planet earth. This is what is being set up right now. It's not going to get better, friend. It's only going to get worse. And I want to ask you tonight, what will it take for you to bow your knees to Jesus Christ and ask him to forgive you of your sins and put your faith in him alone to save you? If you can't see this coming, And you can't understand what's happening in the world today. And no, there is a God. And yes, he loves us, but he also judges sin. You can't see it. It's not because it can't be seen. It's because you don't want to see it. 
But tonight, I'm going to give you an opportunity for those who are ready, those that want to get right with God, and to ask Jesus to come into your life. I shared the gospel with a man this week who everything in his life was just just imploding, just going wrong. And I said, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? And he said, yes. I said, would you like to ask Jesus to come into your life right now? And he said, yes, I would. I said, don't, don't think that you're getting a genie or someone that, you know, is a lucky, or this is a lucky charm. No, God has to get your heart right first, and then he can slowly change the situation of your life that you have taken years to get yourself into. But tonight, if you'll receive him, he will give you peace and he will begin to put your life back together once you make him the Lord of your life. And so I'm going to ask you right now, wherever you may be, to just pray this simple prayer with me. And with every word, you're making your commitment to Christ. And this is the biggest decision of your life. And right now, Satan does not want you to pray this prayer. But you just push all his doubts and deception aside and pray right now with me. Dear God in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm sorry for my sins, for the things that I have done and the way that I have lived. Lord, please wash me, cleanse me, come into my life and change me. Lord, I believe in your son, Jesus Christ, who died on that cross, shed his blood so that I could be forgiven. And I believe three days later, he rose from the dead and he's alive. And right now, Lord, I invite Jesus to come into my heart and be alive in me. Lord, I ask you for that born again miracle right now. Be born in me. And by faith, I receive you. And I believe you've come in and you've saved me. You've forgiven me and you've cleansed me. And I give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And if you just prayed with me tonight to receive Christ, you don't have to worry about judgment. The judgment of God came upon Jesus on that cross for your sins, and you're forgiven tonight. Now, walk with him. Get in a good Bible-believing church. Be water baptized as a symbol to the world that you have come to Christ and start to study the Word of God. And we want to help you to learn the Word of God tonight for everyone who just came to Jesus Christ. We want to send to you a copy of the New Testament, Expositor's Study Bible. And I want to add to that, I want to also send you my book, Cross-Eyed, How to Have Victory Over Sin. Two things, the Bible, the most important But the book Cross-Eyed will help you to learn how to live for God. All you have to do tonight is call the operators. They're waiting. 716-229-8000. That's in Buffalo. 716-229-8000. Or up in Canada, if you just prayed to receive Christ or come back to the Lord, call us at 1-888-444-2920. 2920 and we're going to send you the New Testament and the book I wrote Cross-Eyed 
How to Have Victory Over Sin. And let me tell you, that book, the Lord wrote that book. I didn't write it. And it will help you to learn how to live for God. We love you. Stay tuned. Coming up next is Cross-Eyed Radio. It's going to be tremendous. You don't want to miss it. And we'll be with you next week for The Last Trump. Lord willing, God bless you. Go to your phones. You have been listening to The Last Trump, a radio talk show sponsored by Joshua Revolution. If The Last Trump has been a blessing to you, please let us know by sending a testimony on how the program has helped you. If you would like to support The Last Trump financially, you can send financial gifts to Joshua Revolution, P.O. Box 923, Grand Island, New York, 14072, or go to our website at joshuarevolution.org. We thank you for your help and prayers, and remember to tune in next week at 8.30 p.m. for The Last Trump, a study on end times prophecy.